Hello and welcome to Luke's Home C2C League, under construction on the name. I'm Luke Probasco. Jacob Belleville. And we have a guest here today. Brandon, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Uh, hey guys, I'm Brandon Sanders. Uh, you can find me at Twitter, at CFF University. I am one of the uh, college fantasy football analysts there at campusdecanton.com. Uh, I do that, and I've had some past as well in the NFL uh, fantasy space, so I wrote for the fantasy footballers there for a couple years, as well as Dynasty Nerds, so uh, when it comes to both NFL and in NCAA, I have a passion for both as far as fantasy football, and I'm still learning like you guys when it comes to C2C, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to be here, talk to you guys, and see what we can uh, uncover here with the supplemental stuff that you guys got coming on and the draft that you got coming up, so I'm pretty excited to be here. Uh, thanks for the invite. Yeah, thank you for coming on to our our little home to, home C two C league, um, and and kind of like looking at you know just our supplemental guys and looking at the the wealth of talent just sitting there that uh, people can draft here in our. I think we've got one month until our draft, July sixteenth. It's go time, boys. So definitely appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Jacob. Yeah, man, I'm enjoying talking to you guys off off camera here. And, uh, for the podcast, so definitely excited to be here. I appreciate the invite. It's probably cool that I can just kind of hang out and we can talk some talk some players, man. So, all right, well, we'll hop into our NCAA news. Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF have reached an agreement on a deal to exit the AAC and join the Big Twelve in the summer of 2023. Guys, have any quick thoughts on that? Go ahead, Jacob. I, I just like it, just because get the transition underway. Um, I think it it probably the optics are just worse if Texas and Oklahoma just up and leave and then these three teams come in. Of course, they're not going to fill those shoes like from a TV revenue perspective. So to do it a little bit earlier, it kind of hopefully softens the blow a little bit. Yep. Um, for me, uh, I think, you know, teams like Cincinnati, this is their just due. They had an incredible recruiting class. I mean, they're one of the higher rated ones in 2023 coming up. Makes to the playoffs, got Desmond Ritter into the draft at a higher stakes. Now Cincinnati's barely much showing what a what you know their capability as a P5 school already is. Uh, a team like Houston, I think, was already ready offensive wise. I think defense, they've been really good as far as you know being higher ranked there. Uh, UCF and other guys as well. I believe UCF probably needs a little bit more years to adjust to the P5, but I do like the that Cincinnati's getting is just due. So now you're probably going to see even better recruits go there. So the Big 12, I think, still. In good hands, uh, you know it's unfortunate about the Texas and Oklahoma, the Red Rival, you know, heading to SEC. But you're looking at Big 12 starting to, you know, become another power conference. So you know, unfortunate for guys like Conference USA and things like that that are probably going to implode. But you're going to see an advancement for the Big 12, Big 10, SEC, ACC is probably likely to expand even further um, as well. So kind of be looking for that. It's just going to be the you know power conferences, but that also means that we're going to really see a difference between you know true college players and developmental players that will probably wind up in the NFL. So there will be a, a better separation of that, and that also means for me as a CFF guy, I, I definitely know who's in the G5 now versus P5, and you know it's able to kind of find those guys or find those diamonds in the rough that could probably you know make that jump for sure. So uh, stoked for the Big 12. All right, and then uh, transfer news: Kobe Lewis goes to Purdue. He is on Ian's squad. Um, was at Central Michigan. Uh, Ian had Kobe Lewis and Lou Nichols, so I think this is a, a best case scenario for for Ian's team. Your uh, Jacob, your thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, I like it. I actually like a lot of the things that Purdue's doing, even some of the guys that they're coming in with their freshman class. So I think they, I think they've been killing it. I mean, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, with uh, you know, Aiden O'Connell already there at QB, Brady Allen coming in next year, uh, possible 2023 commit coming to Purdue as quarterback. They're set at that position. They just need something at running back because the wide receiver is great, even with uh, even with Milton Wright kind of having those uh, issues as far as being eligible to play. You still got a Tracy there and a couple other guys from the transfers that are doing a great job. Um, so Kobe Lewis, I think, has a really fast track to go ahead and take this position. He just needs to get on campus, which I think is probably already there. If not, you know, moving in probably this weekend with some of the freshmen, and then you know, getting used to the playbook. Uh, they've produced some good runners in the past. Purdue has, so I mean, like they're just looking for the next man up. The guys they had there were very much average. So shout out to uh, Mr. Ian. Uh, I think this is double win. Now you have really two studly running backs that you could start, and uh, Kobe Lewis might be a developmental guy, so he might wind up in the NFL. I think Lou Nichols, if he balls out and continues to put up gaudy numbers, he might have a shot there as well. Um, so congrats to Ian, man. I think you got there, and if you want to use it for trade bait, hey, good job, man. So I uh, I know Kobe Lewis came from Central Michigan, but at this point I'm just calling Purdue, like, Iowa Hawkeyes East because they just, like, all these, all these wide receivers – Punt return guys just seem to go to Purdue. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but right. Anyways, all right. League trades. Uh, the one we're going to talk about. We have had three of them, but only one that we're going to highlight. Chad gets Zach Charbonnet, while Jacob gets Grimm's twenty twenty three first in the NCAA, and then Chad's twenty twenty three second in the NCAA. How'd that? How'd that come about, Jacob? Um, as part of my 2022 goals, I had five managers that had never sent me a trade. Uh, we're down two. Chad sent me a trade. He reached out, just asked if you know what kind of trade I was looking to do, something small or big. And I said, it can be either one. We can swap picks and then just do a little bit of fab, whatever you want to do. And so then um, he asked about Bijan, and I'm like, oh, so we're going real big. <laughs> <laughs> and then kind of kind of walked it back, and he basically said he wanted youth at the running back position. I said that I got Brian Robinson. I got Kenny Gainwell. You can take a look at those guys. He didn't want them. He mentioned Jack, Zach Charbonnet. And that's kind of where we left off. And it, it kind of tanks my college team for this next year, unless I go after some running backs, but I already did that by trading CJ Stroud too. So. And then, uh, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are. Um, Jacob, I think we differ a little bit, but, I guess I don't really know what the NFL wants, but I th- would have thought he would have gone out last year if he would have got a you know a good grade. So I'm I'm really curious to see how he like I think he's going to perform very well this year, but then what does the NFL think? Because I don't think I don't know how much better he can do than last year, and well, I, I think he was split in time last year, which he won't be this next year. But at the sa- at the same time. I, I don't know why he went back to college, to be honest with you. I think he's a big back. I think he's going to test well at the Combine. And so I think he's got a lot going for him. It just depends on if there's a team out there that likes what they see on their, on his tape, I guess. Yeah, from what I heard, like, uh, Chabernet, like, there's definitely interest from the NFL, but that time with Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly producing decent running backs as well. Um, UCLA is a great campus. That and USC is, you know, very touted out there in California. They're really cool schools to attend and stuff like that. So the kids really do enjoy it. Party scene is pretty dope out there too, not going to lie. Um, so, you know, they, 
they, they got all the tangibles, but Charbonnet, I think now with a featured role and, you know, Britton Brown completely out of the picture and stuff like that, I think Charbonnet is going to smash and, you know, DTR's back. So between those two, uh, they lost Kyle Phillips. Uh, they do get Jake Bobo from Duke. So there's always a Duke player coming to UCLA. That's been weird. You know, the past couple years, interesting, right? Uh, but it's cool for me because if Duke's keeps sucking, that means Carolina's going to smash him. So that makes me happy, right? Uh, but Zach Charbonnet is going to completely uh, destroy it this year. I think he's going to be the featured guy in, in this offense. And I think that's going to push him up probably. He's probably looking at like a third probably third round last year this year you can probably push up the second i know it's hard for running backs you know this time around to get like first round i know zeke was a hit but guys like you know ceh is scaring people away you know from taking a running back in the first round uh but charbonnet could possibly do be a you know a very early day to selection or a second rounder for sure so uh but also on your side jacob i think it's good for you because you know you send your studs away but um, you know, I'll go ahead and tell the rest of these guys, 2023 class of QBs are going to be freaking fantastic, uh, very much at the top. So now you set yourself up for a first and a second. So you're, you know, establishing dominance there in the first couple rounds. So I definitely like it on your end too, especially for a guy that's going to rebuild, you know, in a couple seasons. Uh, what I always recommend and this is for the rest of the league, don't rebuild more than like three years out of a time. I just think like you're going to hold too many assets. You're going to have to cut too many players. So as a, you know, fantasy analyst, like definitely, Rebuild for two years, see what you have, and then start training for the studs again, whether it's NFL or the college side, to try to go back and win, you know, the actual championship and stuff like that. But, Jacob, you're setting yourself up, man. It's gonna, I think you'll be ready to compete easily um, in 2024 for the wins. For, so, good job, man. And then, uh, Jake, Jacob, you want to Yeah, take- I, I, think Char- I think where I see Zach Charbonnet kind of going is like that Brian Robinson route. Yeah. Like second, third round. Might get bell cow work, early down work. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with him. Yep. And then, Jacob, I'll let you uh, take the NFL news. Sure. So, real quick, um, NFL news. Sorry. Pulling it up. Uh, Cooper Cup got a new contract, three years, $80 million, But it's, I guess it's stretched out over five years. I actually think the contract's pretty team-friendly to be honest, because it looks like they can get out of it after three years. Three years, they're basically committing to Cooper Cup, and then he's going to be, I think he's 32 at that point. Yeah, he's 20. He's going to be getting up there. Yeah, but he's gonna be, by the time the three years, he'll be at his 30th marker, so he'll, he'll be at that that teetering point where wide receivers kind of fall off. So. What if, yeah, so I feel like he got paid as a wide receiver one, but at the same time, the it, it's a it's not a deal that's going to like cripple the team. Uh, I think keeps the players play uh, paid. It's uh, good job. Go ahead, Luke. Sorry, my bad. No, you're fine. I just think that the Rams. So you know, people talk about the the salary cap being a myth of like, hey, people just move around money, you can find it, but like they're really good at it. And I think what happens with you paying because I think they give an extension to Stafford, you bring Donald back. I think what it signifies is that. But Donald's is almost fully guaranteed, right? So there's no cap hit. But right. I just feel like Sean McVay, they know he's not going to be there very much longer. And it's like we're pushing all of our chips into the table like now. And we're going to yeah. win as much as we can these next like two to three years. Mm-hmm. And then we'll worry about that'll be a future Rams problem, but not right now. Yep. So. I agree. Yeah, I think McVay's uh... – He's destined to be like a broadcaster and kind of live his best life and stuff like that. He, he's young, but he's got so much money now and success that he literally can just ride off into the sunset and 
and best in whatever he wants to. I do see it like uh, you know, like my Broncos in the nineties, you know, late nineties where they just get all your players back and try to repeat as much as you possibly can and then you know, give it to new management and say, Best of luck, guys. <laughs> so I definitely see that for sure. Um and then getting Allen Robinson as like a really good solid one receiver one B. Um I've had Cooper Cup since I drafted in the third round of a rookie draft and haven't let him go because one of my one of my shining examples in the in NFL fantasy, you know, finding him in at the FCS level and being able to be like, all right, sweet, this kid's good, and he's a freaking, you know, PPR machine. So uh, Cooper Cut God is just due, and I think getting Robinson out of good deals, keeping Stafford, keeping Darnold a guarantee, Rams are setting themselves up for another repeat. So we'll see if they can uh, get past that. We got to get past. The cap only doesn't exist because you can kick it down the road for a few years, but eventually all that money. Like, it, it's yeah. still on the books. Oh, yeah. It's just on the books for a different year. Yeah. Yep. So then uh, Renfro, two years, $32 million. I think – I mean, I don't hate that. No. I think he's a perfect fit for what they want to do on offense, especially now that they got Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got a good slot receiver, someone that if they're double-teaming Adams, Renfro's the guy. So, if, you know, if you still got Hunter Renfro on your squad, like, you shouldn't fret, you know, like I said – the, a lot of the AFC West, they're going to target Adams. So, you know, the Broncos, Chiefs, they're going to put their top corner on, on Adams to try to cover him. So that leaves room for Renfro to, to wiggle between the, uh, the hashes. So uh, I think for $32 million, it just keeps him happy. And, and good for Hunter Renfro, you know, being – you should see the guy outside of a, a jersey. He just looks like a normal normal guy, right? So it's like – it's cool to see someone around our area of North Carolina, South Carolina, you know, just blowing it up there in the, in the NFL. Uh, the kids, you know, worth every penny. So, and then uh, Gibson's dealing with a hammy issue. It seems like he's always dealing with something. I mean, it's it's June, so it's not a that big of a deal for me. It's like Dynasty. It's it's whatever. You got you got him a little bit longer, but redraft stuff. If anybody's got a hammy injury in camps, like redraft, I just kind of avoid those guys because they. More times than not, they seem to have something else pop up during the, the early part of the season, and and redraft just not worth it for me. But we're yep. C two C, so it doesn't matter. Right. Whoever's got Brian Robinson uh, there, Jacob, uh, go go shout a holler, man. Uh, either him or uh, Jared Patterson, if you want to on the deep dive. But honestly, I think Patterson's buried behind Robinson. So whoever's got Brian Robinson, go take a look and see if you can make a talk some trades there, Jacob. So. I got him too. Oh, okay. I mean, it kind of worked out, but at the same time, I kind of wanted a you know a day two running back to go to a roster that I didn't have anybody in, but it's working out right now because injuries happen at the running back position. (laughs) Yes, it does. Especially in especially in Washington. Yeah, Washington on that field. Oh yeah. (laughs) Notice like their trainers just can't keep those guys up for long. That's ridiculous, man. Curtis Samuel. Uh, Deami Brown, freaking uh, even Scary Terry there for a while was a little banged up. Two great jobs. Being a weatherman, weather woman, like hey, it's like you know, sixty-three percent chance of rain. It didn't rain. Oh, told you, like it wasn't gonna rain. And then being a, a physical trainer for for the Washington Commanders, like all right, well, I know I'm supposed to keep you healthy, but like we've had the most people on the IR for the last well, there was like, even. Seven even- years. That Eagles game there, 
where that railing fell down and almost took out Jalen Hurts and all this crowd of people. It's like, what is going on in Washington? Yeah, picture stadium, picture people, man. Like, don't slap band-aids on stuff. This is what you're doing, Washington. Get it together. You got a new team name now. It's all the same colors. Just they even let animals in there. I was watching a game. There, there were pigs out there. I don't know what was going on. Yeah, Washington's so <laughs> weird at game day, man. It's insane. So uh, my dad's a commander stand, so it's funny because I pick him all the time. I was like, "Hey, you ever gonna fix your stadium?" He's like, "We just got a new name." I was like, "Grats, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when are you gonna get a good trainer?" So then you guys come get an injury. He's like, "Yeah, I hate having the third string running back all the time." It feels like that's uh, you know. I will. Letter. I will <laughs> ask this to you guys because I. It never has come up. But what are your thoughts about the Washington Commanders? The name, like, I really hate. I really hated the the Washington football team. But then after a while, I was like, oh, like, I kind of like it. It grew on me. It's almost like the Giants, right? The Yeah. Whatever their little slogan is for the Giants, you know? It just, like, it, it kind of just stuck as the Washington football team for me. And I kind of liked it. it gave me but I'm also an Eagles fan, so <laughs> this could be misinformation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if they suck, they could always went to the soccer with that uh with that level. I'm just like, hey, man, we're, we're just going to play soccer on this field now and just get new goals and stuff like that. I was like... I'm good with it. I like the Commanders. Uh, I like the what was it? it was the uh, the Red? Was it Red Hogs? And there was one with the plain like one. Red Hogs. A little better. Red Hogs would have been good because the logo that they were showing that was dope. But for some reason, like someone around, I guess copyrighted like a bunch of them before they could announce them, which is smart, but also hilarious because it's the biggest troll ever. Uh, but I like Commanders. I mean, like it's Washington, so it makes sense. You're in DC and stuff like that. Uh, you know, kind of weird. You're going from Redskins to Commanders. You know, you're going from one to the other. Uh, as far as history is concerned, no offense to any of those. That, but I'm a history major, so I'm just I just find it ironic, basically. But I think it's I think it's a cool name, and the W still stays from the football club uh, thing that they had going on last year. So it looks good. I like the Commanders. It kind of completes the the uniform now, finally. So. All right. Well. Let's get into the main main meat of of today's podcast. We brought Brandon on to to look at who we have available. So shout out first of all to Ian. He put the spreadsheet together of all of the people who are still available. Um, going through all the pros that are still in Fantrax. Um, Brandon, I don't know how much Fantrax knowledge you have, but when do these guys? that went pro or graduated get out of fan tracks because it is bothering me so they wait for the last second they wait right before the season in september starts and then they finally turn it over which is terrible because you know you have to cycle through all these guys that have graduated so you're looking at your uh your waiver wire and you're like and you have to like really look into it so i'm all the time hitting up uh my friend nicolcine allen who does see me winning edge i'm like i just need to know I'm, I'm pretty sure i know but i gotta know for sure What's eligibility on this guy and he's like yeah he yeah they're still on there and i was like so you gotta go for like the first three pages of the people that got dropped after that's on there so that's the unfortunate part about fan tracks it's something that we do talk to fan tracks a lot so whether it's um another thing like we finally got a uh substitution thing to where if you get a zero you finally got a guy that you can supplement on there we've been doing that on spreadsheets uh for a year or like it's a couple of leagues that I'm in, like, you know, I had Javon Hiley didn't say anything about an injury or him just not playing at all on a Saturday. So I put in one of my top wide receivers and then boom, you get a zero and I lose, you know, I lose the week. So, you know, that stuff happens. So you don't have that anymore. But uh, the goal is to try to 
get them to help turn help turn it as soon as they turn it over for the next year. So they did do it earlier this year, which was good on them. So it was like late January, early February. So we're trying to see if we can talk to them about like maybe helping them, even if we do spreadsheets and stuff and like, hey, all these guys are out of eligibility or graduated and need to be you know kind of taken out or whatever. So we're hoping that that helps them out. So we're hoping that they do it in February or March instead of waiting until like almost like last week of august or you know first week of september when they kick off week zero so yeah yeah (laughs) um so yeah i'll just kind of let you i'll let you take over and talk about it um just league setup we've got three quarterbacks two running backs three wide receivers five flex and then in the nfl side it mimics that except for Instead of three quarterbacks, it's one quarterback and a super flex. So okay. pretty much two. But um, kind of let you go there. We've got ten guys in the league, so we've got ten, ten picks around, 15 rounds of our supplemental. And then obviously we've got all of our, our freshmen freshman guys. But I'll have you talk about these, and then I'll be I'll, I'll kind of mention a couple of the freshmen, or Jacob, you mentioned a couple of the freshmen, and be like, hey, you know, where do you think they kind of fit in in this, this group of people uh well first i want to start off by saying all right um so i know there's a vote going on but with the waivers thing if you guys please for the sake of your league please vote to open the waiver wires up add fab that way you guys can trade fab away and stuff like that sounds like you guys are kind of getting into that too which is good on you i'm glad you guys are realizing having a few extra dollars is worth it to get the guy that you want um so if it's going to be more than just two times a year um that's where it opens up. And then a lot of these guys will kind of disappear. And I know you have to kind of keep your roster construction. So, you know, don't cheat the rules and don't put them on, you know, stuff that you're not supposed to. So no IR stuff when they're not supposed to be an IR. So don't break the rules. But uh, the fact that you guys do have only two, you've been left with some absolute, I'll say it, uh, units, man. Like they're the freaking (laughs) out here, right? Uh, For example, Quinn Ewers at the very top freaking Tyler Van Dyke, who has been a starting quarterback for now over a year at Miami, for example. Uh, the emergence of Cameron Ward, who came from the FCS to Washington State. We'll just talk about the QBs. You guys have three QBs you can start. That's three right there that you can immediately start right away. I will uh, I will say Quinn Ewers, he, he reclassified in like right. round 35. So in our bylaws, I made a the the Quinn Ewers. He'd be part of this next freshman class. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. Some people did that. In my CFF one, it was like, I hope you have enough fab because everyone was going to just bet the freaking farm. So people were actually were trading for fab and someone gave away like their first next year and like a bunch of fab to get them. Don't blame them, but now they have viewers, you know, for this year. So even though they're not going to be probably in the first round or even the second round probably of the freshman draft and stuff that we're getting to have is a CFF dynasty, but, you know, it's worth the weight and gold to have viewers. So, Good on uh, Luke for, you know, just moving him over here as well. So, But Ewers would be a guy I'd be taking. Now that he's there, usually Cameron Ward would be considered like a supplemental 101 in C2C and stuff like that. But the fact that Ewers is here, he immediately jumps off the board as well. But usually a guy like Tyler Van Dyke isn't even available. Like, he's usually taken. So the fact that he's here, that changes things. You guys have a very, like, very unique uh, thing going on here where you have stud after stud. I can start naming you some, you know, running backs that I think is absolutely incredible. Tavion Thomas from Utah is still on the board here. Freaking Keaton Mitchell from ECU. Dwayne McBride, who's actually smashing over at UAB, is doing a great job. And we'll, we'll look at a freaking the wide receiver, Cedric Tillman, A.T. Perry. A guy like Jaden Reed, who I've had for the past couple of years and has 
destroying over there at Michigan State. Isaiah Nayor, who's the brand new Texas wide receiver, wide receiver two over there with Xavier Worthy. Uh, guys that are making big splashes now, like a Trevion Rudolph, who's coming from Northern Illinois. I know some of you might not know where Northern Illinois is. It's it's in Illinois, guys. I promised you. It's uh, it's in DeKalb, DeKalb, Illinois. It's not too far from where where I live. Um, you you quickly mentioned Jaden Reed. We've I I would like to to touch on him, Jacob. I know he's got a soft spot in your heart. You want? To... I mean, he's definitely a CFF guy for me. Like just the size wise. I mean, I I don't see him going to the NFL and really producing, but at the same time. Yeah, he's probably he's outproduced like half the wide receivers on my roster. We we he's he's a name that's come up on a couple of our interviews that that sure. people are really interested in him. Yeah, um, I mean, when I took him, I took him for depth at CFF. I wasn't ever expecting to put him, but now he's a weekly starter in my in my dynasty for CFF. Thinking that he was going to graduate this year and find out he actually has one more. So he's a super senior. So I was super stoked. I mean, I'll I'll gladly take a Jaden Reed. I was playing him and probably Javon Hiley from Coastal on a weekly basis so i've been losing highly and still keeping read that's fantastic uh, uh we'll keep going nathaniel dell the wide receiver one out of houston in the freaking uh, you know in a houston offense uh we can talk about a wide receiver that's a freshman that's coming there who i've touted from the start and as mr matthew golden i call him the golden one you know he's he's absolutely a stud so houston is going to produce wide receivers for the next four to five years easily they even have some transfers there so you'd be crazy not to go to Daniel Dale I'll, I'll give it to you guys you know you especially guys, with them going to the big 12 now that's that's a huge boost that, from that yes. transition to the NFL type deal and getting drafted and also, yep and it also means that it's less likely of a transfer situation where like a guy like Golden for example like he's got the tangibles the P, P5 guy just like Mitchell Tinsley who I also tout as well uh, once again Mitchell Tinsley is on this freaking list to go on as well so it's like uh, guys that are like, you know, it's just cool to see, you know, a, a guy that could easily be, uh, you know, he's in the G5, but be P5 next year. And Matthew Golden probably won't leave Houston because he's closer to home. Now he's in the P5, so he has nothing else to prove because he's already in, you know, the Power 5 conferences. So he might not go anywhere. He might not leave to go to an Alabama or go to, you know, Georgia, whatever the case may be, for example. Um, How high are you putting Matthew Golden in your freshman? Like, in terms of freshman. Yeah, um, so... Luther Burton is still probably wide receiver one for me, uh, an absolute you know stud. He's a full-on, um, well, I call him the Swiss Army knife. He's Debo Samuel um, college level, basically. Uh, the fact that Missouri needs him because there isn't, uh, you know, you look at a guy like a Mookie Cooper who doesn't you know, amount to much at all. I don't even know if he's on Missouri anymore. I think he finally transferred out good because he really wasn't doing anything, basically. But uh, a guy like uh, Matthew Gold, for example, he's probably – I would say he's probably wide receiver three. Uh, I think Evan Stewart I have at wide receiver two at A&M, and I know that's controversial because people, like, they still look at A&M as, like, they're not putting it, but with this NIL stuff, it really is changing Jimbo's Fisher way, regardless if you want the argument between Fisher and Saban, that's just drama, right? But, like, Jimbo's subscribing to the NIL uh, narrative. So, man, like, guys like Evan Stewart, you already saw him in the spring game. Usually you wouldn't see him for, like, a year and a half. Yep. At A&M, him and Chris Marshall. Marshall's going to be there in the summer, so he'll probably likely try to force himself on there. So guys like Anaya Smith and, and Demas who left, I meant they're not going to be as much of a factor anymore because you have these absolute studs. So um, Matthew Golden's high, very high up there. He's, he's definitely going to be my wide receiver three. It's the opportunity, and it's hard to do. Um, another guy would be uh, Taylor Shetron from Oklahoma State. Yep. He's big. A guy like DJ Allen who's going to TCU. Just these studs that have the opportunity to be the next man up. 
you know, because of guys that are leaving in their senior year. But yeah, I think it's unique because Burden, Golden, Shetron, they all have the opportunity to actually be college producers for like at least three years. Yeah. Plus then go to the NFL. And so like I I know this is our first year like really doing this, but at the same time I I think that's probably pretty rare to have that happen for like a single class to have three guys that are going to be college producers and have a good shot at, you know, getting drafted. Yep. The 2022 uh, class, uh, I think their biggest accomplishment was the wide receivers. Like that was the really the shining stars. They really had really good running backs too. And we can talk about some of those here in a few minutes if you guys want to, but um, you know, this class is really good. Whereas next year quarterback and want to say, some of the wide receivers probably in the top 100 are, are still pretty good, but it's still shaping up. So there's still going to be some more development. But right now, 2022 class that's going to graduate in 2025 or later, that's like the, the big shining star. And so when I came into C2C and was able to kind of deep dive into these freshmen and start the freshman, po- you know, fre- future freshman podcast, like it was like the best perfect storm because I was like, there's so many good examples that I can bring yeah. to the show. Uh, you know, and just having like a guy like three star like Joe Hyman on who's at Northwestern, just be able to learn about the player and you know match the talent with the personality and stuff like that. That's you know been the been the the best some of the best parts about you know having a podcast and just finding these guys and being like holy cow, a lot of them have time to start almost this year, almost immediately. Yep. That's what we're looking for, and that's me and CFF Dynasty, but it's also for you guys as you see this looking for immediate production. But also, these guys have tangibles to make it into the NFL and be, at least in the first you know, two days, is kind of what you're hoping for. But even round three or four is still a really good shot to make the field, uh, especially in the NFL, especially with injuries and things like that that go on all the time. you got a good shot for them to you know, be productive, for sure. Who, who do you like more from a freshman at TCU, um, DJ Allen or Hudson? I subscribe to DJ Allen, probably okay. more. I like how Hudson's getting probably a lot more. Um, I think he's getting a little bit more of the uh, the talk. And from what I saw, um, and it should be out here, but Phil Steele's magazine, he has Hudson fairly higher. I think he's like second on the depth chart behind Quentin Johnson, which I don't know. Is Quentin Johnson on this list? No. No. I was going to say, if he is, that's ridiculous. Someone should take him immediately, bro. <laughs> that's another one we trade on week four. But he has the same feel of a Quentin Johnson, he, he's an alpha, and that's what I like about DJ Allen, and the guy, his catch narrative, and, and the radius in which he can catch, and how sticky his hands are, uh, that's what I like, he reminds me a lot of a Taylor Wallace type situation, uh, when he was at Oklahoma State a few years ago, which Wallace might actually get some play now, but, uh, you know, especially Heyman and uh, Devin Duvernay, there's those guys on the NFL side, they're the Ravens, and I don't know if you've seen Lamar, but I, I saw it, I was at the gym, I think, this morning, or something like that, Lamar put on 10 to 12 pounds of muscle, Lamar's looking boost. So, I'm, you know, Lamar's small, and you know how like injury prone he is, running away from everybody. I think you could probably stiff arm half these kids now. So like, I'm I'm a little curious if so he's in his contract year. He's negotiating. If he doesn't have a contract negotiated by the start of the season, if he tries to be, I mean, I get it. You're a competitor, but I wonder if he tries to run less this year so he doesn't get hurt. And just tries to be a pocket passer, kind of shows that he can throw it so that he can get the money elsewhere if he doesn't, you know, go back to Baltimore. I mean, I get it's hard to tell yourself when you're in those situations, oh, I'm not going to do this anymore, that I've been doing it my entire career, but I'm I'm interested to see. I saw him running routes, like in the offseason, on cement against kids. I don't think he's worried about running <laughs> or getting injured. I think he just likes the ball. Yeah. 
in the NFL contract year is a big deal because that's when the guys usually ball out. So then it can either stay long term or go. I could have seen a scenario where Lamar was going to go probably maybe to Arizona, but now with Kyler kind of getting ready to get his money and stuff like that, that's not going to be a thing, especially with the Hollywood going to Arizona. That was like a here, please stay type situation. So all you know, whoever's got Hollywood Brown, great job. Um, now with D Hop out for six games, that's a that's a good steal. And he should be played weekly there with uh with uh Kyler Murray. So good job there. But um a, a yeah. name a name on here too that is actually rostered that I saw is Destin Hill. Um destined yeah. to never play. I'm but he he is on a roster. Do you have any thoughts on Destin Hill? Uh no. He probably shouldn't be rostered. <laughs> okay. Um, maybe he should um, a later pickup. I'm not hating on the kid. I'm just saying, uh, with, compared to the names on here, these names should have been taken before a Dustin Hill. I'm not gonna lie, but I can see where he was touted pretty highly coming in. Uh, so I mean, I get it. Like the uh, the recruiting prowess, it's hard to not take that pedigree type situation. Um, but gosh, I'm still going down this list. Penny um, <laughs> Boone, uh, Toledo. That's that's pretty. Good. The boy Harrison Northern Illinois is still out here. Uh, Marquise Cooper from Kent State. The running backs on here. I'm mixed up. I'm stoked here. Cameron Latu, freaking tight end for Alabama. What is he doing on here? Brandon's like, hey, if you want to expand to 12 teams, yeah. I will take I'll a team and just draft off of here. here. <laughs> yep. I'll t- if you guys want, you guys want to go 12. I'll take majority of this first sheet here, and then I'll just compete, and then we'll go from there. And I'm not afraid to wheel a deal, so uh, you know I like a I like a, a league that is year round. Um, I, I'm in the original fantasy footballers when there was no dynasty. We made a dynasty team to do that one. We've been going for about eight years strong. There's literally a trade every single week, regardless if it's picks, fab, or like an actual trade of players that happens every single week. And the waiver wire doesn't stop. There's literally you know someone picking someone up for zero dollars or one penny or something like that, like. There's constantly going on. So when you have guys like that, they're just, whether it's in the industry or just diehards, I mean, like, that's, that's what you want. And there's constant smack talking. There's constant, you know, stuff like that, you know, meme sent gifts. If you're uh, wait, taking too much time on the board, they start hammering you with gifts on the actual <laughs> time. So that's, that's what you want. And that's where we started doing that with the Blue Bloods League there in uh, CFF, uh, which uh, our guy Justin from CFF Insiders put on. So we're in year, I think, year two or three now. So. We're definitely deep diving and, and getting, and we got like really, really long, long rosters. So we have like I think 25 rounds in the supplemental slash freshman going on. So I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm really excited. But we don't have what this is. Like, we're lucky to have Cameron Ward sitting up there, and then maybe like, uh, what was it? It was, um, shoot, now that they have all these guys on my mind, so let's freaking wait. Didn't you get, is this another league, Luke? You got Jordan Mims on here? Yep, Jordan Mims is available in this league. I'm I'm in two C two C leagues. That's right, that's right. So oh my god, dude. The other the other C two C league yeah. is kind of more like, you know, Felix and Austin and uh, Okay, okay. Yeah, they got uh, Moxley and, and them. Yep. Oh my gosh, man. There's some so the moral of the story is like somebody could completely change their college roster in one draft and be competing for the college championship. Absolutely. There's enough where even if you like have nothing but supplemental slash freshman picks, you could compete for the championship this year if you really wanted to. It's all about team needs. So I'm, I'm all going to say 
don't take for the sake of the hype. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I might be hyping these guys up because I'm just stoked to see that there's an actual league where this exists, and I'm just like, holy cow, the supplemental's like straight fire. Like, I'd throw – that's one like, yeah, I might take a Luther Burden in the first or whatever, but after that, I'm just taking supplemental probably rounds two through, you know, whatever, and then maybe taking the freshman, maybe in the 12th, 13th round and start working my way back. But I don't, you know, usually like weave like that. I'm usually the freshman guy. I'm at, I I do the future freshman podcast. But like with this type of supplemental, like that's that's where it's at, man. That's that's pretty crazy. Well, I'm I'm glad you're you're touting some of these guys because uh, I'm just excited that we can highlight some of them and and get some people eyes on on just the, the supplemental guys out there so we can make some teams uh, real competitive. Um, just to give you some names that we have left. So Cameron Ward's probably the top one, right? Allie Jennings is what I was trying to, from Old Dominion, like that's even a get for us. Like Lorenzo Styles from Notre Dame is like there available. Nathaniel Pete from Missouri, like Trey Palmer in Nebraska. Like those are like the first five probably going in the supplemental. You guys got <laughs> We got probably got like 12 rounds. The first three rounds, man. So, you guys I mean, from like a pure Debbie perspective, there's guys out there that you can go grab that are going to get drafted next year, be off your roster, and then you can replace them again. But yeah. you're going to get the college production in the meantime. So sure. that's that's kind of where because I I was going to go very freshman heavy, but then I've been looking at it more, and I'm like, I don't. Maybe I don't. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I still recommend a freshman here and there, but, I mean, you can go with your gut and go with what your team needs are. I mean, that's more than anything, but yeah. with the amount of talent. Gosh, I just saw seven McGee's on there. All right. And I really hope he st- – I've got him on my other uh, C2C league, and I really hope he stays at running back since he has transitioned to wide receiver. And I yeah. can play a wide receiver in my one-point PPR spot yeah. as a running back. I will say uh, Fantrax is good about they, – they're very slow to change the thing or they just leave it as like a slash. So that's where winning your league matters. Uh, I said on one of the podcasts, I think it was the mailbag with um, Chase and the Natty with, with Jared. Uh, for example, like there was a tight end slash running back from Air Force – or no, it was Rice, Jordan Myers, and then the guy played him in the tight end spot. He went off for 30 points because he was the running back for Rice, but he's the tight end. And that's how you win a, a week. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if, as long as it's in the confound of your league and the rules, stay within the rules. But that's where you can win, you know, matchups and use that college production. So a guy like Seven McGee, if he stays RB slash wide receiver, for example, or just stays RB, you can just throw him in there. And then Fantrax didn't change it. So there you go. I am hoping Eric Gilbert gets switched back over to tight end, though. Same. Yeah. Or at least. <laughs> Flash wide receiver, so then you can just flex them basically. That yep. would be cool. that would be really good because then you can play, play, or if you want to double up on Georgia tight ends, you can do. You got Browers and Gilbert. You can just play one at wide receiver, one at the tight end spot, and then you know off to the races you go basically. Then I drafted like Leo Blackburn, and I think they he switched to wide receiver, and so all of a sudden I had two tight ends last year. I'm like, all right, oh, neither, neither neither one can score, so I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, is, uh, is the flexless, you can put the tight end in there as well, in all those flex spots? Yep. Okay. That's pretty cool. That does give you, and there's no premium, right? Just the straight flex? Correct. Uh, okay. And it, okay. yeah, it's one It's one point PPR, no tight end premium, and then it's six 
for a passing touchdown. Okay, because I was going to bring up, there's one tight end at the very end of this list from Cincinnati. You should probably pay attention to that. Just point that out there for the people that have this list, man. Uh, I mean, that would be a great, just plug him in tight end, and then if anyone's got a different uh, you know, designation or stuff like that, you know, like an Eric Gilbert, all of a sudden he gets put back to tight end instead of wide receiver, and you want to throw two tight ends out there, all for the race. Actually, I can't believe the tight ends that are available in our league. You it's got Eurosic out there. You got Gene Bell, Nick Carr. I mean. Ours is like Eric Jones from ECU, which nothing against him, and he's right down the street from me, but it's like, you know, Eric Jones got one year of uh, eligibility, and then he's gone. He's not an NFL guy, so he's literally just a CFF performer, basically. Ryan, Ryan Jones, right? Yeah, sorry, my bad, Ryan Jones. I keep getting the Jones guy out of the way. So, uh, gosh, there's Josh Kelly from Fresno still on here. Jaron Hall at BYU is on this. Marcus Major. Marcus Majors is down there, which he uh, – Eric Gray sucks. Major might get it, but I think Javante Barnes. Another freshman you should pay attention to, Javante Barnes. Uh, if you're looking for a home run type situation, like a, uh, Devin A. Chain from Texas A.M., then you would probably look at Gavin Solchuk. Uh, he's coming in, I think, probably tomorrow at Oklahoma, and then I think he's starting his uh, – his playbook and his stuff like that. So, and that's something that even uh, Coach DeMarco Murray, which you know that name from fantasy and yeah. the Cowboys and stuff like that, Oklahoma native and Oklahoma running back coach, he's been touting Barnes because that was their number one go was to get Barnes, and that's why I think he's moving up because that was their guy. But Solchuk was really highly touted after as like a one-two pairing for for Barnes. So, they're really excited about that backfield at Oklahoma. They might actually have some prominence here in the next year or so, and you might start seeing some of that this year if Gray is can't get it done so if you're an eric gray owner marcus majors on here that would be a nice you know little piece you might want to think about just grabbing the running backs grab barnes or saw chuck if you're trying to you know secure your spot at the oklahoma running back and kind of hope for the best there freaking donovan's jaheim bell is there from south carolina okay tight ends are in there man there's some good stuff here man tory horton who came over to colorado state i like that there's some really great names, guys. Like even Tyon Evans is there, which you know he's going to compete uh, at Louisville. Uh, there's some great names. Ontario Brown from Northern Illinois. Him and Whaley, you could literally just bank the NIU running backs, and they get it done. So there's a lot of great stuff here, guys. You guys Aiden, Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, Aiden O'Connell's on this list. Kanata Mulfield from now at Pitt. He's yep. now P5 guy. Uh, uh, yeah, Kendra Miller, who's the TCU guy, is probably going to start at running back for TCU, and TCU likes to run the ball. Saw what they did with Zach Evans last year before he transferred. So Stribling. Yep, Stribling's available. Titus Swin. Uh, yep, Swin's available. Farouk from Oklahoma, who's now going to probably be the wide receiver, possibly one by next year. And with the, uh, you know, when we have uh, Mims probably going to the NFL, and uh, Theo Weiss probably graduating. So you know, Jalil Farouk's there. Um, you know, you could probably get, uh, what was his name? Oh, was it not Hudson? It was the guy we talked about, Jaden Gibson, another wide receiver freshman who's six, five. So once, uh, Buckley Shelton probably comes up next year, you're probably looking at Gibson taking over for Buckley Shelton probably next year afterwards. So you mentioned, uh, Titus Swin, Luke. Yep. I'm just going to mention again for the league, LJ Richardson. I have no idea how that guy only got one offer coming out of high school. But he's going to Wyoming, and he's, like, prototypical NFL size and super fast. Yeah, I think he wins that spot, especially with, uh, well, soon, after Swin. But uh, once Swin moves on, I like like Richardson to take over the helm afterwards. Because I had Xavier and Valaday there, and, like, he produced produced every week for me. I mean, 
guys, stay away from Arizona State this year uh, if you can. Just don't. Uh, and God, I know is there. It might be tempting, but please wait and see. Uh, if you do decide to do the open waivers, then, you know, after week one or two maybe, then look at them. But if you can, just avoid Arizona State if you can at all costs right now until they just figure their crap out. So. <laughs> I, I was bummed when he went by and went to there. I was like, yeah. why? I mean, I guess it had, you know, Jane Daniels there at the time, like they did, and Jane Daniels was like, I'm getting out of this dumpster fire. Good luck. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, you guys got some great lists. Literally, someone could come in here and just use their picks and literally compete. So, you guys got uh, you guys got a cool draft in a month, man. So, get prepared and uh, make some trades. I think you guys uh, will really, really like this stuff, man. I, I've been seeing uh, people, and I'm doing it for my current supplemental league, putting their picks on Twitter and talking about them and little highlight videos. I, I plan on doing that for, for this league just because it's always fun to just kind of put your players out there, see if people like it, comment on it, you know, whatnot. What's that? I'll, I'll downvote every single thing you put out there. You're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, is there any James Madison guys on here yet? Uh. We don't have them on there, but I mean, yeah, feel free to talk about um, James Madison. They are new to fan track. Okay, so who's that wide receiver that we're really fancy on all of a sudden? Chris Thornton. I took him with my second pick in that supplemental league. I believe he's got one year of eligibility. Worth it. But he's going to be putting up over a thousand yards, and. Even they're coming up from the FCS, worst case, which is a best case for fantasy, they're going to be playing from behind and having to throw the ball. So Chris Chris, Chris Thornton, uh, a name to, to put on the list. And yep. then and their, their quarterback is a transfer from Colorado State, so a P5 guy, right? Uh, Todd Centineo. So you got uh, – you got some good players that are a good quarterback to get the job done to their to the receivers. And Thornton's going to benefit the most. But there might be a wide receiver, too, coming out there. We just don't know who yet. So keep your eye on the wide receiver, too, because they'll probably going to produce. And based on the freshmen in our, our draft, based on the supplemental guys that are there, like, I don't think you need to take Chris Thornton until, like, round 10. So if it's your draft, yeah. Good. Maybe maybe <laughs> round thirteen. We've got fifteen, so like I kind of want to also. I kind of want to put a look. Can we do a little bit of a value here? Because like we're talking about a lot of these names, but like I mean, like we can people can like their guys reach whatever. But I just kind of want to kind of give a, a good little value. So if um, let's hear some guys that you talked about, uh, Tavon. Uh, Tavion Thomas. Tavion Thomas. Oh, God. Uh, in your league, you might be able to possibly. I don't know. It depends on team needs. I, that's a, in my league, it's a first rounder. You know what I'm saying? Like, these guys are the top. Tavion Thomas, Quinn Ewers, Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, guys like Kondre Miller, A.T. Perry, Dwayne McBride, Cameron Ward. Like, these guys are all first rounds. Uh, in your league, second. Um, if you're not a, a team that is, you know, struggling for running back. You might be able to get value for taking on Thomas by a third. Like, it's all going to depend on you guys and, and, you know, how you decide you guys want to go about it. But uh, taking on Thomas for me is a first-rounder than normal. 
So we'll do uh I'll I'll have you pick somebody. Like I'm I'm coming up to pick. I've got um Branson Robinson or Tavion um why do I keep forgetting his name? Tavion Thomas. Um I mean if you're looking to win now, Tavion Thomas, if you're looking for the future, Branson Robinson for sure. Nicky Prince like take on Thomas. I want the production like ASAP, basically. Branson's gotta wait, so Um let's see here. Isaiah Nayor or Tavion Thomas. Tavion, yeah. It's hard, but uh now if it's Cedric Tillman, you take Tillman over Tavion because Cedric Tillman's a beast. A. T. Perry would be a guy I'd look over Tavion Thomas. Uh there's Mumfield, you can wait a little bit more. I think you. I would take Tavion over Kanata. Uh, Andre Miller, I would take probably him. Uh, second round, you know, third round. Uh, I still blown away. Dwayne McBride from UAB still on on this front. Like that dude's been uh, has been a productor for the past like two years. So coming in, you know, on this on this next season, he's going to destroy at UAB. UAB's got a sweet schedule, or not as bad of a schedule. So I think. Uh, I think of the sky's the limit for, for Dwayne McBride. I'm trying to think of just like tiers of like where am I putting some some like freshmen and like yeah. where are you, so you're a big Matthew Golden fan. Where are you taking Matthew Golden in all of this greatness that you have here? And like, I wish I had this problem. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I probably wouldn't touch Golden for you could probably wait the fourth fifth round. Honestly, like. There's so much gold in this in this supplemental. That's kind of where I've started leaning because I think I have him slotted in like my top five right yeah. now. And but I keep looking at like these other guys and I'm like, there's a good chance that AT Perry's pretty highly drafted, and right. I just want to like lose out on that. Yeah, I'm like depleted. I'm I'm hoping that he drops down. I doubt it because I'm sure someone's gonna take him so they can hang it up for me basically because I'll probably take Burton at 102. But like. You know, say Mitch takes him at 109, he'll probably be like, hey, I got gold, come hit me up for a trade or whatever. So even with that, that's 109. So imagine with this, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the end of the first or almost the second round where you can really push gold down to third or fourth round. Uh, even a Luther Bird might not even make it to the first round. You know what I'm saying? Like, you might even get maybe lower first round, maybe top of the second. Because look who's ahead of it. I can see literally 10 people I want, like, right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't care what the position is. I'll start them, or I'll, I'll make trades to get rid of the other players so that I can have these guys. Like, that's how, that's how serious I am about this list. This is a really great list. All right, uh, I've I've kind of made it pretty evident in the league that I am a Genty gang member. Where does Ashton Genty go in this list? Like, at this point, like looking at stuff, it's like probably around 13, 14. <laughs> I was gonna say twelve. Uh, I would reach for Genty. I mean, that's me. I'm a, I'm with you. I'm Ash Genty, Damian, uh, you know, Martinez is another guy I would probably reach for. But those guys that usually would be in uh, normal supplemental, you know, or even just a freshman draft, Genty's probably going in third because he's getting some momentum, same as Martinez. But adding supplemental, they would probably drop a fifth to sixth round. So now, adding with you guys, I just times that by two because there's so much great talent so I'm, I'm thinking like 12 that's what I'm shooting for like around 12 you know what I'm saying like but you know 
shoot your shot. If you're like, hey, this is my guy and I got to reach up, you know, some people just know your league mates. That's another good thing to say. Know your league mates. Know who they like. Um, you know, watch their Twitter timeline. Watch whoever they, they tout. And then, you know, it's like, hey, I'm about to take your boy, you know, here pretty soon. And then force force the, the pick up, you know what I'm saying? Or trade up. Do what you got to do. So we have some wild cards in this league. We, I like it. Uh, uh... In our startup draft, 102 was a quarterback from Iowa State, Mr. Brock Purdy. I was going to say Purdy. No, I wasn't 102. I was 102. Somebody, was it 103? It was in the first round. <laughs> Y'all should be taking that. That's probably all we need to know. Brock Purdy was, was taken in the first round. Um, uh, Cordarius, or what was it? Uh, Brown the fourth, Georgia State quarterback. Oh, yeah. He was taken in I think like the third round. Yeah. So it was. We have we have uh quite the value of just ra- like granted it was our first year last year so it's learning, uh, but yeah we've got a lot of great talent out there, and kind of circling back to your free agent pickups that you talked about. So we have, what do you think after, so currently we do two pickups. We're voting on what we want to do next year, whether we're going to do keep it the same, do three pickups or unlimited. Um, And then if we keep it the same, like what do you think that does to our supplemental draft next year it pretty much just makes it even more loaded because you only get 15 picks instead of 45 yeah you're ultimately just stacking more talent sitting on the waiver um that's i mean i understand like uh from the c2c's perspective and you know coming from that format you know who took it from the guys like austin and, and matt bruning who's big on like you know making sure that you scout the talent the right way. You make sure you make the right picks in the first 30 or, you know, 45 rounds of the first 35 of the startup and then limiting to like, okay, I was, you know, wrong on this guy. So let me take him with one of the two waivers on there as well. Um, but it also keeps this situation. So their supplementals are usually a little bit more robust, kind of, uh, not at this level, I would say. Uh, this is probably the most robust I've seen as far as the supplemental is concerned and probably my, you know, my few years here in the dynasty or in, in CTC or whatever. So I'm just like, holy cow, I wish I had this problem. Uh, <laughs> you- I really trade my picks away, man. I mean, you know, I just literally would stack uh, supplemental picks, honestly, and a lot of a lot of freshman picks and just come and completely just start with, you know, these picks, grab these people and compete right away, basically. So would you would you say that if we to try to solve this, I don't, I don't even want to say it's a problem. Just like, hey, for this scenario, if we add every single week pickups, what do you think that does to our NFL draft? We do two two rounds of NFL draft that are ten. Like, what did you say, Jacob? We had probably like four worthwhile pickups, five worthwhile pickups in our draft. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, a couple of those guys we wouldn't have been able to get anyways because one was North Dakota State. I mean. Right. Yeah. It's a guy like, uh, you know, what's his name, the wide receiver that went to Green Bay from South Yeah. 
he wouldn't have been available per se. You'd have to, you would have to spend the fab and go get him on, on the waiver. So he'd be like one. I'm just big on like, just, you know, for you guys, like if you want the league's fun or that way, like just, you know, going for spending the there, fab. There wasn't league. much excitement around that NFL two round draft either. I mean, no. it was just kind of whatever. Yeah. Cause we have actual, you know, we don't have our, my, my stuff is different. So I don't have like a full C2C where I have to, you know, I don't have to worry about that. I'm actually still looking at rookie picks. So it's like, it's five rounds. I'm trying to hit, you know, still in rounds four and three to make sure I have a decent player, um, or you know, you know, like I did, you know, I took, I had a son Haskins from Michigan, you know, last year, and he destroyed. He went to Tennessee. Derrick Henry's getting older; he's getting hurt. So I picked him up in the third round and never looked back because if he goes down, now I have the starting running back for the Tennessee Titans. So it's like, that's what I enjoy about the rookie stuff. But here at C2C stuff, like. You got to do it ahead of time. So this is why it's important with these college players. And this is a perfect example. Well, what I'm getting at is, you know, league should be fun. So open it up, challenge yourself. So that way, now you're going to be in the same situation to where when you listen to these other podcasts, you know, whether it's mine, Austin, you know, whatever the case might be, when we're talking about supplementals, you guys is going to be more in tune with like what we have available. So like Cameron Ward would be more valuable because you know we're like you know Cameron Ward's like between the 101 or the 104 of supplemental drafts in there, whereas your guys like, no, that's definitely going to be Quinn Ewers or Tyler Van Dyke, and I'll you know, have a degree. But, you know, it's just hard to relate. So that's where it's like, you know, having open waivers not only – the fab stuff too, I'll, I'll point this out, is also a game within itself. So basically you're trying to outbid your league mates. You're trying to remember, all right, who's really big on these players or who's really big on this university, stuff like that. So you're challenging yourself to play a game within a game you know, that's centered around football. So it's like, yeah, it's just more fun. You know, I'm, I'm all for more fun. And, you know, I get it. Like, you just want to be right with your picks when you're grabbing these guys. And, you know, CTC it challenges you like that. So, I mean, if you guys are, hey, I want to only do two or three, even if it's like move it up, like five waivers or something like that. Like, or if there's 12 weeks, do six waivers. Do every two weeks. You know what I'm saying? Just something else. That way you're not going to, because this, this list will just keep climbing and, you know, that's not a bad thing, but at the same time, it's like, your guys aren't going to still have enough time on your rosters. You're going to be wanting to trade, you know, you know, begin all these supplemental in the other picks or whatever versus wanting to actually, like, you know, actually build what you have. You know what I'm saying? It just sounds like there's a lot of recycle, you know, things like that. So that's where kind of I'm coming from uh, just by looking and analyzing the league and stuff like that. But I'm still excited for you guys. I think it's – I think this is great. I mean, really, you guys are only looking at your team, so there's a ton of room for – growth education stuff like that like you guys are killing it already like you guys are having a lot of fun making good trades from what i see and stuff like that so why not just open up the fat for more challenge you know so i can replace these quarterbacks correct (laughs) (laughs) you might not have to wait till 2023 if you don't want to but uh i you know arch manning so why not (laughs) i uh hey brandon thank you for coming on Yep. Talking through these supplemental guys, given you know us here and in the league, you know a better breath of you know what what do we actually have out there? We're all learning, so we appreciate it. And like we had year one, we're now voting on rules of like, hey, this is what went well, this is what didn't go well, so we want to change these types of things. So yep. that's kind of kind of where we're at. So thank you very much for coming on. Um, again, where can we? where can we find you and, and what, you know, kind of things do you have going on that people can follow you and, and, and read slash hear what you're doing? Sure. 
Um, of course, you can find the easiest way is Twitter. It's at CFF University. Um, you know, pretty simple to kind of find me there. Uh, uh, of course, uh, campusofcan.com has all the articles, news, uh, ADP. Uh, there's something for everybody, so please go check that out as well. Um, of course, I'm part of the college fantasy football team, so we actually have a guide that we're working on as we speak, so that's something I'll be probably doing this evening is add, add some more guys to the guide and stuff like that. But that's coming out uh, later in July. So if you're wanting something, they have a supplemental and, uh, you know, an actual freshman guide that's already out. I would highly recommend that. Um, they also have a Debbie guide. So if you're trying to put these two worlds together, C2, you know, college and NFL into a C2C league, those are, uh, you know, immeasurable. They're worth every penny that you spend. And the CFF guide is going to help you with guys that you can take in later rounds in C2C. Uh, and this is how we can compare it because, you know, CFF, you know, it's everything to us. But at the same time, like, these CFF producers can help you win the college side. So if you have a really good, you know, even pot, whether it's there or you're just trying to win a championship side or win both the NFL and the NCAA side of your C2C league and hold both belts or whatever that you got or trophies or bragging rights, that's the way to go. It's having CFF producers in the later rounds that you can hit on and, and produce for you and, you know, get you those W's because, you know, you got, you got 12 weeks to get it done. So you want to win as much of those as possible. And if I want to purchase one of those um, guides, how much is that? Sure. Um, each one is going to be $20. Or uh, if you are an NIL yearly subscriber there at Camps Ken, uh, I believe it gets sent to your email automatically. Uh, I forget the actual price. So uh, poor Austin, he's probably just going to smack me around or whatever. But uh, it's yearly, but it's worth the, what you investment. Also, you get access to the Discord that's there. Luke and a few other guys are there talk it up with us all the time you actually have a featured channel in the discourse so if you have questions or just stuff you want to run by us that's an easy way to access us and you know of course we have us on there so you can direct message us and things like that too so it would kind of help you out of course if you have just general questions or just you're interested in a player and you're like from a cff standpoint is it worth to reach out to me i'm like i'm you know my dms are open and you know i, I don't i try to get to people at a at least a decent rate and stuff like that sometimes i can get a little bit busy but um you know I try to my best to respond to as many people as I possibly can. So please don't, you know, hesitate to reach out if you, if you have a question. And, and if you guys don't have Twitter, I'd highly recommend it. It's a great source to just have tidbits. Um, there's so many good analysts. Yes, it can be toxic, but there's a great mute and block button for all that stuff. So literally, you can just follow all the C2C guys if you want and then just read up on our stuff. And, you know, uh, you will introduce you to some other great people in the industry and, somebody that you could find in the rough, you know, that helps you and gives you just different thought perspective. That's what matters most is just the creativity in this league and stuff like that. The sky's the limit. So why not just, you know, give your brain a whole bunch of information. So that's, yeah, I mean, CFF university there at Twitter. That's what I really like about a lot of the analysts from the Debbie to college to just the guys who are at campus to Canton. It's not an echo chamber of like, you see a lot of these mainstream of like ESPN and like, oh, this guy's good. And then it's like, you just keep hearing like, this guy's good, this guy's good. Like, there's never any, like, the big thing for me was Cameron Ward. Cameron Ward is this hot name, but I can't, can't, for Josh. Um, then he like comes on and he talks about like, he kind of poo poos like, pump the brakes here. Like, there's yeah. been nobody, you know, that's come up as a quarterback from the FCS that has like actually done anything. Well, this I one's different. Know. You got a shared, you got a shower narrative. This guy coached yeah. um, here, and you got bringing the yeah. offensive coordinator, and you got his yeah. wide receiver coming over. So it, right. it's uh, 
very interesting, and that's what I like about it. It's like you can have your own thoughts and opinions, and then there's a, a wide range of where people stand on on those people. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Yeah, so please check us out, guys. So I appreciate it. Well, um, we're recording this on Saturday, so happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Um, and have a great work week. Um, talk to you later. Really appreciate you coming on. See ya. See ya.